0: You know, yesterday on these airwaves, my good friend and colleague, uh, Kelly Cotrera, she had uh, Dominic Nardone on. Now, he's a former graphic designer, now a film editor, who became a viral sensation because of his Leafs version of putty that he put up on uh, YouTube about a month or so ago. Now, the video sees Dominic dressed in Leafs blue with his face painted, kind of like Dart Guy. Remember Dart Guy from the uh, 2017 uh, playoffs? Anyways, Dominic uh, transposed this over the uh, Putty episode that saw Elaine's then-boyfriend go to a Stanley Cup playoff game between the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. Remember that uh, famous episode? He kind of painted a devil-like face on himself for the game, and this really upset Elaine, who demanded that Putty stop this or she would break up with him. Which brings to mind many questions, such as, Should a grown man really paint his face or belly in honor of his favorite sports team? And if somebody can now convincingly put themselves in a Seinfeld episode at home, what does this mean for the future, and is it necessarily a good thing? Here's our cybersecurity expert, David Shipley. He joins us on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right, first off, uh, just what did you think when you uh, saw this video? It was a pretty good job, wasn't it?
1: I was... Very impressed. The quality was there. It was funny. It was well done. And finding out that he did it in three months in his own home was a bit of a stunner. And I can still remember when Forrest Gump came out, Gulp, 25 years ago, <laughs> and it took a, a small army of the world's best special effects people at Industrial Light and Magic to create those scenes for millions of dollars. And now people can do it at home.
0: Well, and you know that's-, that's a great point, David, and a great parallel. You're absolutely right because if you remember. Tom Hanks, uh, Forrest Gump, they inserted him in very famous scenes uh, throughout history. And this is essentially what this Dominic Nardone has done, right, with the Seinfeld episode.
1: Absolutely, and thanks to technology actually pioneered by Google and released as open-source software, um, you can download apps that you can uh, do some pretty amazing and frightening things. You can make President Obama say some pretty outlandish things that you would never expect him to say because he didn't. Uh, But the video looks good.
0: Well, you know what? This is what occurred to me. And first and foremost, when I saw Dominic's uh, video, I laughed and I I thought it was great and, and a lot of fun. But then on uh, further inspection, when I really thought about it, I thought, wow, somebody can pull this off, do this in their uh, basement in their home in Brantford. What is really possible? And and here we are worried in an era of uh, fake news and uh, people posting uh, fake news articles and putting uh, fake news stories out on uh, Facebook. What if, instead of it being just news articles, if, like you say, like a President Obama, if you can actually fake them doing something?
1: Absolutely. And uh... Well, the way that this uh... this free app has proliferated uh, the first uses were not for politics, but rather for pornography. And all of a sudden, celebrities found their faces imposed in pornographic scenes and were being distributed, and it was awful. And then it got worse. Uh, Individuals, uh, non-celebrities, started to be targeted as uh, people decided to make them the objects of pornographic films. Um, And so it proliferated on the darker parts of the web, and now we're starting to worry about the impact as people think about how it gets weaponized to affect society as a whole.
0: All right. How big of a concern is this? Again, it's one thing to fake a news article and it's, you know, fairly rudimentary and easy, I guess, to find the font that, say, the New York Times uses and print a fake uh, headline. But is it becoming just as rudimentary, just as easy or will it in the short term to, you know, fake uh, again an actual event?
1: Uh, I think it's getting easier to to do that, and some of the world's leading experts in uh, artificial intelligence and video, you know, they're fighting a cat and mo- mouse battle to try and detect these fakes because they're getting so good. Originally, you could tell these fakes because people wouldn't blink. Now the artificial intelligence algorithms have figured that out, and they've removed that tell from the video. So it's an arms race, and it's only going to get solved when legislatures uh, get actually engaged. And in the U.S., they're actually starting to put some laws in front of Congress to look at these issues. But in Canada, which is a hotbed of AI innovation, we are disastrously far behind in regulating this.
0: Do you think legislation or uh, laws, I mean, we're having enough trouble sort of uh, regulating some of the uh, fake news and uh, some of the uh, stories uh, online as it is uh, now. I mean, is this uh, something, is is it possible to kind of put the genie back in the bottle?
1: It's not going to be easy, and it's like one of those things where I almost feel like the last 30 years of the Internet, we're replaying some of the same mistakes that we made in terms of letting this get so far ahead of us. Um, but there there still might be time, I think, for individuals and for victims, uh, when it's being targeted at them for pornographic purposes, we need to update our legislation and improve our resources for law enforcement. And for society as a whole, we need to start looking at how we can educate the public through things like what we're doing right now about this issue. I think it also raises some really challenging things in law enforcement. You know, video evidence used to be a really critical portion Mm. of a lot of criminal uh, convictions, and that's going to be really hard to prove. As I think Craig once said, a proof is a proof because it's proven. (laughs) uh, Video is not quite proven anymore. Well, yeah, we're
0: all going to ask ourselves, can we trust our eyes? Can we trust uh, what we're seeing? Uh, you mentioned uh, President Obama a second ago, and it was a, a year ago that Hollywood director Jordan Peele, uh, somewhat famously or infamously, uh, posted that video of uh, Obama saying things that nobody ever thought he would or or had, and it turns out he didn't. It was just that Jordan Peele is very good at uh, impersonating President Obama and was able to uh, superimpose, I guess, his lips and part of his face over the rest of uh, Obama, and it looked very uh, convincing. But is maybe the best defense is when they're trying to manipulate people through very famous figures like an Obama or otherwise that uh, pretty much everything they've said is already on record and it's easy to kind of point out or spot a fake?
1: Well, I think think it's interesting because... If you have um, already seeded some pretty big biases in an audience, if you're as sophisticated as say the Russians are with their disinformation campaigns, um, you're then going to have people saying things that normal balanced folks would find uh, obviously off, but folks who have already been sort of seeded will think just aligns to their worldview. Ha, we finally have proof. So I think the videos in and of themselves on their own, just out of nowhere, would raise questions. But as part of a plan, deliberately, executed and careful campaign become just the cherry on top of fake news and, and uh, manipulation.
0: We opened the uh, show this afternoon, uh, David, uh, talking about uh, movie studios that are really going after those that uh, illegally uh, download uh, films now and taking them uh, to court. Is that the same sort of thing we need to see uh, when it comes to the purveyors of uh, fake news, is really to uh, get to uh, who is doing this stuff and uh, penalize them? Or is that almost an impossibility?
1: Well I think there it has to be a multi-pronged strategy. The first part is education and awareness and teaching people once again about critical thought. Um and then I think uh, where we can uh, I think it's responsible regulation and legislation over the development of artificial intelligence that makes this stuff possible. I think the third step is the distribution of software like this to end users, that maybe it needs to be regulated and controlled. Um, Simply just throwing it out to the wild and seeing what happens is not good for us. And then fourth, I think, you know, a principle of justice sometimes is denunciation. So where we can catch people doing this and can convict them, strongly denouncing uh, the abuse of this technology in society needs to happen.
0: All right. For the time being, it looks like the uh, fake news problem, though, could get a lot worse before it gets better. Our cybersecurity expert, David Shipley, with us this afternoon. David, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. You're always welcome.